This is episode number 200 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. This is episode number 200. Oh my God, it's because it's funny because I can't remember ever not recording the podcast. I mean, I know it's only been a few years since uh, we've kind of been together on the on the podcast episodes, um, but I, I kind of feel like uh, this is something that's always taking place. It's kind of cool uh, to have that many episodes under our belt. Um, by the way, if you're a longtime listener, or even if you just are listening for the first time, make sure and leave me a review, especially on Apple podcast or wherever you download the show, because I love, love, love getting feedback from you guys. It, it, um, it, it actually means a lot when you guys take time out of your day to go, hey, Doug, doing a great job and that kind of thing. So I really appreciate it. Um, last week, I gave you a step-by-step approach to delivering a proposal to a customer or a client. This week, we're going to cover how to deliver a proposal or an idea to your boss or to management. Now, the process is quite a bit different, a little bit more informal than kind of what we covered last week, um, but there's some similarities to the technique that we talked about last week as well. Uh, by the way, make sure and subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you never miss an episode. Make sure to leave me a comment, just like I mentioned before. Uh, you can also, don't forget about the uh, our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash Fearless Presentations Online. Um, it's all one word with no punctuation. Or you can just search for Fearless Presentations on YouTube. You'll find it. Uh, the episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear and become a more persuasive speaker, we deliver two-day public speaking classes all over the world. We've got classes coming up in Dallas, Austin, Atlanta, Miami, Charlotte, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Houston, Phoenix, all those are coming up in the in the next couple of months. We also have another virtual class scheduled in May. Uh, if I if I didn't call your your city out um, for details about any of those classes or to find out when a class is going to be coming to your area, just go to our website at fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's session. So this week we're going to take what we covered last week and and do things just a little bit differently because instead of presenting a proposal to a customer or a client, this would be an internal type of proposal, one that you might give to management, to your boss, to you've got an idea and you want the, the boss to buy into the idea. Um, so there is a really, really simple three-step process uh, that you can do. And I'm going I'm to give you quite a few examples that you can use here as well. Um, so like, here's the scenario. This is where you where this type of technique could come in handy. You've identified a problem or an opportunity for your company, and now you need to get approval from the higher up. So how do you present that proposal to management in a way that will get you approved? Well, the process is actually pretty simple. In fact, the method of how to present a proposal to management that, that we use works about 100% 100, 100 of the time. I mean, it's, it's pretty... 
it's pretty foolproof. Just follow the simple steps that I'm going to give you in, in this episode and your project is most likely going to get accepted and funded and that kind of thing. By the way, if you're presenting a proposal to a customer or a potential client, uh, just kind of go back and listen to the, the uh, episode that we did last week. It gives you lots of great tips and techniques that you can use there. Um, so basically what we're going to cover here, though, is mainly it's it's what, I, what a lot of times people will call an elevator speech for your, your idea. Um, the, the old, um, the old uh, management technique is that, you know, you have to, the reason why they call it an elevator speech is that in case you are riding up on the elevator with an executive, you know, you have to be able to present your idea to that executive before he or she gets off the elevator. So that's, that's why it's really short, really sweet, that kind of thing. And we're going to show you how to kind of create one of these things in a way to where once you deliver this speech or deliver this proposal, the people that you're presenting this to are more likely to kind of buy into it and go, oh, okay, yeah, we probably need to do that, right? So step one, this is the first thing. This is the first first thing that you really, really have to do is you have to clearly state the problem and or the opportunity in the title of your presentation. Now, you may not have a formal PowerPoint slideshow, but it should be the first thing out of your mouth, right? The, the title should be the first thing that, that you kind of say. So don't be mysterious. Let everybody that's listening to you know upfront what the problem is and then what the solution is. So uh, just so you guys know, the average attention span of people today is about eight seconds. Um, there was a report done a few years ago on by Microsoft about human attention span. I'll link to it in the show notes, by the way, if you want to take a look at it. It's really boring, but I can tell you the gist of, gist of it is that about eight seconds is really all of our, all we tend to focus on when we're kind of listening to somebody. So and, and by the way, it's not that our attention spans have changed in the last 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. It's just that we're bombarded by so much more data on a daily basis that it's just more difficult to get our attention or to keep us entertained, right? So for instance, think about how often you've just hit the next episode button on like Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever it is, whatever services that you're using without even thinking. You just hit that next, you know, next episode button without even thinking. You basically during that time frame, you didn't that show that you're watching didn't lose your attention during the six hour binge that you did for Breaking Bad or Orange is the New Black or whatever the new shows are that, that are that are binge worthy nowadays. Uh, the point is, is that people are less inclined to allow you to waste their time. So even if the big boss gets an important call one minute into your presentation, you want her to know the gist of your idea. So give it to her right up front. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of bad examples of presentation titles to, that you want to be careful of. You want to stay away from really vague or uninteresting titles that, that are similar to these. This would be a really bad way to start your presentations to say something like, ideas for fixing the sales funnel problem, right? What whoever it is that's listening to you is going to go, what exactly are the ideas and what sales funnel problem? I didn't even know there was a sales funnel problem, right? And by the way, why do I even care about this, right? So you're actually, by by putting a crappy title like that up front or by, by making that the first thing that you say, you're actually turning off the audience. Here's another example. Effective disciplinary policies can help our company. 
what policies and how are they different from what we have now and help us in what way, right? It's very vague. Those are these, these types of, of titles or first statements can be very vague. And, and so you want to make them quite a bit more specific. Here's another example, by the way. Distribution problems can be fixed with a capital investment. <laughs> what distribution problem? What problems are we having? And for what, and for that matter, you know, what, what part of the distribution process and what problems can it be fixed and how? Um, what, what kind of investment are we looking at? And what do you what do you want me to buy for you? I mean, basically now that you're we're by creating a statement like that right up front, we're pushing the person away from us, not pulling them toward us. So, um, well, it, by, by the way, some of the examples I'm going to give you in the next in the next couple of seconds, they may not be perfect, but they're going to get you much better attention from your audience. So uh, let, let me uh, give you a, a better example of we're just going to take those same statements, just change them around a little bit so that they're a little bit more specific and a little bit more interesting to the people that are listening to us. So one of them might be automating the repetitive data entry part of the sales process will allow our sales team to increase efficiency and revenue, right? That's easy because once I kind of start with that, they know exactly what, what I want them to do and or what I'm trying to get approval for and why it's going to be a benefit to them. Here's another one. Consistent and fair written disciplinary policies will help us avoid wrongful termination suits or lawsuits, right? Again, it tells us, hey, this is what I want you to do. We want, we want to get approved at that the process of creating these written disciplinary policies so that everybody knows where they are. And if we do that, it's going to help us avoid some of those wrongful termination lawsuits, maybe that we've seen in the past. Um, here's another one. If we buy a box truck with a lift gate, we can save over $35,000 a year in local freight charges. <laughs> so, so if you see how these updated titles actually inform the audience much better, I mean, the, 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 a great title to create one of these great titles anyway, to, first, you got to create a statement of what the problem is. And second, create a simple statement about what your solution is. Also, make sure that your solution has a built-in benefit to the people that are, that are listening to you, a benefit to the audience. And, and then finally, all you do is just combine all those pieces together into a single sentence. Even if the sentence is a little wordy, if that's the first thing that you start with, they'll go. everybody that's listening to you, whether that's one person or 15 or 20, they all know exactly what you want them to do and why. So the second part that you, the second part of this process is after you kind of tell them what you want them to do and why, or what you want them to, to uh, agree with and why, then start with a detailed story of why this problem is so bad. <laughs> so, so, um, but wait, 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 these are my bosses. These are the, the executives. This is management. Don't they already know that this is a problem? Everybody knows what the problem is. Uh, in fact, why don't we just skip this step and save time? I mean, that's what a lot of times folks will kind of say when I give them this suggestion, uh, because they, they they basically are saying, we don't want to belittle the management. Um, I, one of the things that you have to kind of keep in mind is that the, the bosses and the managers do not know every single thing. They're not, they're not privy to all of the information that the folks on the front line have access to. And so as a result, when you try to get them to buy into a solution, they may not even know that there's a problem. So 
Um, this, it's it's a line of thinking that leads to, to really the biggest challenges with these types of presentations. So remember earlier when I kind of talked about the Microsoft study about the attention span, that study didn't say that people are dumber or less attentive than previous generations. The conclusion was just the opposite. Our attention span is actually more developed. It, it, it just takes more interesting content to break through our guard now because we're bombarded with so many different pieces of information. So stories or examples are a way to kind of transport the listener to another place in time. These stories, they creatively engage the listener. So um, I'll give you an example of one of these types of presentations that doesn't have an example in, at the beginning. And then I'll give you one with the example and kind of show you the difference here. You'll see, you'll see a remarkable difference in the way that you're able to kind of pay attention more. So for the first example, no for first technique or first instance without an example is I just kind of tell the, the listener the repetitive manual data entry that our sales reps have to do is wasting a, a quality sales time, right? I just say something like that, right? The positive about that statement is that it's very specific about what the problem is. However, the statement doesn't really create an emotional impact on the audience. The problem doesn't seem that big. So when you get to your solution and that solution is going to cost money, the audience isn't compelled because there's no emotional draw. However, you know, if you if you start with an example or a story to kind of explain why this is such a big deal, it it will it will have a much more profound effect. So you could say something like, you know, last week I spent the morning just watching a couple of our best sales reps. And early on Tuesday morning, Jan, who's you know, obviously she's our top sales rep, she got a call from a prospective customer who wanted a price quote. And she spent about 20 minutes consulting with the client on the phone. Now during the call, she made quick notes and in, in the the CRM, the, the customer relationship management software. However, at the time, she made notes on a notepad at her desk as, as well. So I assume that this was to make sure that she didn't miss any of those important details. Well, when she finished the call, she added all of those written notes into the CRM like she was supposed to. And then next, she manually moved the contact in the CRM to the proposal stage of the sales funnel. After that, she began working on the written proposal to this contact and she summarized the, the content that she put into the CRM and inserted that into the new text, into the opening of the proposal. So next she went to the price list and inserted the same data again to pull a quote. And then she copied and pasted the quote into the proposal. So just as she was about to save the proposal as a PDF to send to the contact, she got another phone call, right? So on the new call, she had to do the same exact process, lots of different steps where she had um, she, she, she had finished putting all of the data into the CRM and moving the prospect to the, the, the sales funnel. She had to actually do all of that again. So what she did, she now went back to finish the work on the first contact. And it took, uh, it took her almost an hour and a half to get a quote out to that first contact. It, it, it took over two hours for the second contact to get a quote. So basically, that's a very elaborate story about what was happening. Now we got to see anybody that's listening to a story like that is going, oh, my God, that is a huge problem. There is no way we should be taking two hours to get people that, that are wanting to buy something from us, the information that they need to buy something from us. But if I just kind of say the statement, oh, by the way, we need to update our CRM processes, then it kind of falls flat because it does it's not... 
it, it there's no reason to invest because eh, what we're doing now is fine, right? So once you have that that example, that really elaborate, detailed example of why this is such a big deal, summarize your story with a compelling problem statement. So as when as you can see from that that story that I just told, lots of details there, you know, will help you get the the picture in the mind of the of the person who's listening to you about what the actual problem is that the analogy that I like to use is it's kind of like you're giving your audience a shovel and then they use that shovel to dig their own hole so once the hole is deep enough then you drop down a ladder to help them out so to magnify the size of this hole though you want to summarize the problem in a single statement so for the earlier example summary might sound like um, the big problem here is that we is that we post on our website that they can call, the people can call for an instant quote. However, our manual processes are causing these potential customers to have to wait hours for the quote. In many cases, the prospect customers are is only looking for two or three quotes. So if three of our competitors are giving their giving them information sooner, then we're likely to not even be considered for their projects, especially if we are the third or fourth company that they called. <laughs> so I've got a solution though. I think that we can make our instant quote more instant by, and then give them your, your, your piece of advice, right? So, so basically you want to, after you kind of tell them the, the story or give them the details, then kind of give them a, a sentence or two about what the solution is. So by the way, it, it, there are different ways to kind of give this solution stage. Uh, if the solution is really simple, just give them the simple solution. So like, for instance, you can say uh, we can invest $249 in a plugin that will allow the different pieces of software to share information. If that's the solution to, to the problem, ask for the $249. And most likely the person who is in charge of that funding will probably go, God, that's a pretty easy and simple solution. Just a piece of software. That's great. However, if the solution is more complex, you probably want to break the solution down into no more than a few simple steps. You know, for example, you know, first we need to get IT to create a, a single input portal to reduce errors and speed up the process. And then second, we need to retrain our sales reps on the new process so that we don't meet with resistance from them. And then finally, we need to analyze the data as we implement it to determine where, when we can transition current sales reps into different positions. So basically, if you notice, it's a it's the it's a step-by-step -step approach, it's a step-by-step -step process. And I added the benefit to the company for each one of those steps. For instance, I said if we create a single input portal, then we reduce the errors and speed up the process. So I'm giving them the benefit to reduce errors, speed up the process. If we retrain the sales team, then we won't get as much resistance. If we analyze the data, then we can save money on payroll. So by inserting the benefits into the bullet points uh, or, or the statements that I'm making, we're making a compelling pitch right away. It's always a good idea, by the way, to reinforce each point that you're making with a short example or a mini story. You don't have to go into the elaborate one that we that I mentioned before, but a little simple mini kind of story, even 15 or 20 seconds will help them get clarity on why that step is most important. So that leads us to the final step. I know I, know I told you it was a three-step process, but this is kind of a bonus step. This is one of those things that you don't have to do. But if you add this in, this is where you get to that 100% um, persuasion 
percentage anyway, it's you want to paint a picture of the outcome that this idea will create. <laughs> so, and when I say paint a picture, the most important part of how to present a proposal to management is to, is to paint a picture in vivid detail of what that success looks like. An easy way to do this, by the way, is to recreate the original story in your presentation. A simple example of this might be, so we can invest $249 in a plugin that will allow the different pieces of software to share information. So Jan would still spend the 20 minutes consulting with the contact. I mean, that's what we want. However, this time she would insert the, the data directly into the CRM. The CRM would then send the data to the price sheet to pull a quote. Jan would see that instantaneously. And then finally, the CRM would automatically pull the data that Jan entered and insert it into a proposal. So the customer would receive a PDF with the content while Jan is still on the phone with her. So with the new process, Jan could serve three customers very well um, versus serving two customers really inefficiently. So we could reassign up to half of our current sales reps if we were able to do this. So this, the $249 investment will actually, we can cut payroll almost in half. So if the solution is more complex, just paint the, the solution picture um, a little at a time to reinforce each, each step. Um, by the way, so this is a really simple kind of technique, but it's one of those things that if you practice it, very often, you'll, you'll get really good at it. It'll become a natural way to kind of persuade your audience or persuade management or persuade even a, um, a prospective customer or client. Uh, really simple three-step process. Just basically, you want to identify the, 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 the problem and then also a solution, come up with a quick example of why, this, why the problem is, is so bad. And then give them the solution and paint a real picture for what that solution looks like with a benefit to the audience. And they're more likely to kind of buy into it. So, all right. So thanks a lot for being a part of the 200th episode of Fearless Presentations. We'll see you next week. Bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.